morning, Orlando. And on this frosty Friday morning at 6, we greet you with our first look at Orlando's news, weather and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top stories this morning another freezing morning and a government shutdown imminent. We'll have details coming up in one minute. And as Trump completes his first year as president, how would you grade him? Let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. 602 on News Radio 1025. So, right now, all of North Florida and the Panhandles under a hard freeze warning this morning. Central Florida, as I mentioned, under a regular freeze warning. That includes Orange, Seminole Lake, and Volusia counties. That's in effect until 8 a.m. Things will start to warm up with highs today in the lower 60s, then around 70 tomorrow and Sunday. And close to 80 on Monday. Aha, uh-huh. now you're talking. Break out the, the bikini, difference? bud. What's what? the difference between a hard freeze and a regular freeze? Goes deep in the ground, kills a lot more things. Oh, okay. You know, when you're right on a, on a borderline, things survive that wouldn't survive with a hard freeze. I tell you what, uh, Yaffe, we'll send you up to Jacksonville. You can do a report for us. Nice to know. <laughs> nice to know he's listening in there. That, yeah. That's encouraging. Wow, yeah. Paying attention. This news <laughs> is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. It's crunch time for Congress as the federal government gets closer to a budget shutdown tonight. Democrats in the Senate are calling for a short extension of a few days to come up with a deal on how to protect young immigrants from deportation. Some conservatives want a long-term spending plan to help stabilize the military. No matter what happens, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham tells Fox News the American people don't like the process. The public hates the way we do business. Count me in. This chaos is going to end. I'm willing to keep the government open days, not weeks, to get a deal that we should have got a year ago. Despite the possibility of a government shutdown, President Trump plans on spending the weekend at his Mar-a-Lago resort in Palm Beach where he'll be hosting a big party to celebrate the one-year anniversary of his inauguration. In the middle of our show, in the 7 o'clock hour, we're going to have a live report from one of our top national correspondents, 1025 WFLA, on the status of the government shutdown. And we are on Trump Twitter watch this morning because we are expecting a Twitter storm of what did happen and did not happen in Congress last night, Alan. A Trump Twitter watch. (laughs) Yes, that, yes. (laughs) The old TTW, yeah. The University of Central Florida will continue to allow students displaced by Hurricane Maria to qualify for in-state tuition. The UCF Board of Trustees voted yesterday to extend the tuition reduction through the spring 2019 semester for students from Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Amazon has narrowed the list of candidates for its second North American headquarters to 20. The only Florida city on the list is Miami, as Amazon rejected Orlando, Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg, and the Manatee, Sarasota area. Is pornography a public health risk in Florida? That's the gist of a resolution approved by a House committee in Tallahassee. Hillsborough County Republican Ross Spano's original idea was to call it a public health crisis, but he decided that was a bit too harsh. What the resolution says is that uh, the state of Florida recognizes this issue as a public health risk, not a crisis, a public health risk, and acknowledges the need for education, prevention, research, and policy changes to protect the citizens of the state. Spano, who's running for state attorney general, even ratted out his own kids. He has three grown boys and says his family has struggled with the issue of pornography. Starved, chained, and only allowed to take a shower once a year. That's the picture prosecutors are painting of the lives of the 13 children of David and Louise Turpin in Southern California. The only 
thing they were allowed to do was write in journals. Investigators seizing hundreds of them, calling it key evidence of what occurred inside the home. The children lacking a basic knowledge of life, many not even knowing what a police officer was. The 17-year-old daughter who escaped had been working on a plan with her siblings for two years and took another sibling with her. But that sibling got scared and turned back. The Turpins now each held on $13 million bond. That's Fox's Anita Vogel. The Turpins have pleaded not guilty to all charges. Particularly for anyone, parents like we are, it is just incomprehensible what they willingly did to their own flesh and blood, isn't it, Alan? For any human being. Oh, my Come goodness. on, to even consider treating another human that yes. way. Yeah. I, hmm. The weather forecast is 90% go for a launch tonight from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station. United Launch Alliance will send a military communications satellite into orbit aboard an Atlas V rocket. The launch window opens at 748. The launch was scheduled for last night but was postponed by a technical issue. WFLA News Time is 606. A Canadian man fools police with a DeLorean made of snow. That story and a photo Online now at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Alan Spector bringing us the news every Friday. Deb's got another gig on Fridays at our sister station 1041 in the afternoons. She's with us Monday through Thursday in 2018. And uh, Yaffe is our executive producer in the control room. Stephanie is here, our screener. It's our one year of Trump show because Inauguration Day, of course, the 20th, the actual anniversary of him taking the oath of office uh, would be tomorrow. And we're not on with you tomorrow. So right off the bat, I want you to call me and in 30 seconds or less, Give the president a letter grade for his performance the first year, like school, A, B, C, D, F, and explain what's behind your grading. I want to know what you think of Trump as president one year in. 407-916-5400. Text line open at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. In a moment, we'll relive the moment... Trump became president as he takes the oath of office January 20th, 2017. Remember? And then my take and yours on how he has done as president. And I have a perspective on the Trump presidency that is my own that you have not heard before. And I will share that commentary with you in a moment. But before we get to that, you got a chance to win a thousand bucks in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Just listen for the new key word of the hour coming up in seconds, and then text that word to two hundred two hundred. You could win a thousand bucks. We'll do this, and uh, then we'll have an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes. So buckle up; it's going to be a wild three-hour ride here on News Radio one hundred two five WFLA. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States. The office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability. And will, to the best of my ability. Preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help me God. So help me God. 
Congratulations, Mr. President. One year ago tomorrow, Donald Trump finishes the impossible run to the highest office in the land. I would grade him at an A-. It's amazing what he has accomplished with unprecedented headwinds against him. A Democrat party who will not support anything Trump backs. And an anti-Trump media that is committed to his destruction. No president has faced these headwinds. I think he's done an amazing job. The minus on the A comes, it's a personal style thing. I don't like it when a president does not come off as presidential. The sometimes really coarse language and the petty personal attacks, or I think he ought to be focused on the big picture and the big issues, that kind of thing bothers me enough to take him down from an A to an A-. minus. Um, we'll, we'll have results of a poll on, uh, on voters grading Trump. But I want to know how you would grade President Trump one year in. Call me, ABCDF, and give me 30 seconds or less, okay? On the text line, you can, you can go on all day long if you'd like. No limit there. Text line 23680, standard message and data rate supply. Phone number is 407-916-5400. Whether you voted for him or not, it's one year in. How is he as a president? If he were, you know, you were the teacher and he were your student right now as president of the United States, how would you grade him? I want to know. 407-916-5400. This is my commentary. Normally, I don't write things down when I, you know, get on one of my tirades of one kind or another here on the 50,000-watt front porch. I'm, I'm talking extemporaneously. But um, I wanted to get this just right. And here it is, a perspective on Trump I don't believe you will have heard anywhere else because I didn't go anywhere else to get it. One year of Trump, the wrecking ball. One year of Trump, the wrecking ball. My fellow Trump voters, we didn't like the way things were going in Washington. We didn't like the lousy economy and lack of good jobs. We didn't like the U.S. getting pushed around in the world. We didn't like seeing radical Islamic terrorism raging unchecked. We didn't like our military and our veterans getting second-class treatment. We didn't like illegal aliens pouring into our country and being harbored in sanctuary cities. We didn't like seeing police disrespected and branded as the bad guys. We didn't like the tyranny of the minority where every fringe group with an agenda and an axe to grind could roll over the majority like a tank. We didn't like all these things. And so we elected a wrecking ball, which is exactly what Donald Trump promised to be and exactly what he has been and will continue to be. A wrecking ball is used to knock things down, to make way for something better in their place. A wrecking ball isn't always precise. Sometimes it makes a mess. Sometimes it misses the mark a bit. Sometimes it swings wildly and does unintended damage. But make no mistake, a wrecking ball works. It does the job it was brought in to do. We elected a wrecking ball named Donald Trump, and one year into his presidency, he is doing the job we elected him to do. That's my take on Trump one year into his presidency. Your reaction to my comments, your grade of the president, you're welcome right here on the 50,000-watt front porch at 407-916-5400. Hit the text line at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. Do I have it right on Trump? Yes or no? 
One year into the Trump presidency, I see him as the wrecking ball we wanted. And he's doing his work. A minus is my grade for the president. Okay? Now, Yaffe, Stephanie, you both voted for Trump. That we know. We've talked about it. You've watched him as president, chief executive officer of the land, and commander-in-chief for one year. How do you grade him and why? I'd give him an A. I think he's gotten a lot done in one year, and he's not the kind of person that's going to you know, let anyone walk over him. He's going to stand up and fight, and I love that about him. He's every bit as good as you expected him to be when you pulled the lever on oh, the 8th of November absolutely. in 2016. Yes? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yaffe. I got to tell you, bud, it's really hard for me to grade Trump because if you look at just what he does, you know, I'd have to give him an A+. Plus. But the bluster, I, I can't. I think he shoots himself in the foot so much that it brings him down to a B. Stephanie, you're shaking your head no to Yaffe in there. No, I love it. I love, you know, like you said, you think it's the petty comments. I love it. I live for that. I think it's great. Yeah, I, I think his core supporters love it. But you're talking to everyday, regular American, everyday Republicans. He shoots himself in the foot too much. And it, it takes away focus from his actual accomplishments. Some so things we, that he does that I love that he has the guts to do. And then he, he'll say something on Twitter or he'll say something at a press conference and it totally takes it away. So you're saying he could be more effective and have gotten more done if it weren't for the bluster, as you call it. So you're yeah. going to dock him more than a minus off the A that I gave him, A minus, right? Yeah. What would um, you give him? Uh, B. Okay, you're docking him a full grade. Mm-hmm. All right. Because it's like yesterday. He tweeted out about the CHIP program, yeah. and he totally contradicted what his party was doing. So it's like, why, you know, you have to get that stuff right. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just you're just shooting yourself in the foot. You remind me a lot of my teachers because I definitely got docked grades for bad behavior. <laughs> well, you know, I love what he's doing, but I think behavior matters when you're president. Kind of like what you said. I think that stuff matters when you're president. What do you see on the text line at 23680, Yaffe? What's coming in? Uh, we have a couple people, bud, who give him an A. One person says, great job, Trump. Jobs, economy, border, security, foreign policies, all great. Gives him an A. Another person agrees with you exactly, bud, gives him an A minus. Another person says B plus because he says his insurance premium is still twice what it should be. So he's really not happy that they haven't repealed Obamacare, I think is what the texture is. Oh, I see. I see. So he gives him a B plus. Well, they managed to take out the individual mandate. Oh, yeah, it's a big deal. And they and they added his executive orders on allowing you to create associations. Right. I think that'll be a big deal. But yeah. Um, we'll see what happens there. All right. We're going to spend quite a bit of time on this. It is our Trump first anniversary as president show. Okay. Because inauguration day, the 20th, the anniversary would be tomorrow. And obviously we're not on with you. We're off doing other things as are you. Okay. Um, we continue here. Stay tuned in the seven o'clock hour, right off the top for our make your wallet great again, texting contest. There'll be a brand new keyword of the hour. You got to listen for it and then immediately text the word to 200-200, you could win $1,000. It is Good Morning Orlando from the Front Gate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Alan Spector with us for the news on Fridays now. Central Florida under a freeze warning as we speak. And yes, the government could shut down tonight. Alan's got all the very latest news on that and more here on the Friday edition of the 50,000-watt front porch. Welcome to Good Morning Orlando at 628. 
News now with Alan Spector. I got to tell you, my plants are keeling over one after another with this frosty weather, and there was frost all over the car. We got, uh, I didn't think this morning was supposed to be that cold, but apparently it's been. Yeah, it was frost on the top of my uh, garbage can this morning. Uh, Central Florida is actually under a freeze warning until 8 a.m., and that includes Orange, Seminole, Lake, and Volusia counties. All of Florida to the north of us and the Panhandle is under a hard freeze warning. Frost advisories are posted to the south of us. It seems like we've encountered a lot of cold days this season, but forecaster Rodney Wynn of the National Weather Service says... These are typical, you know, every few weeks um, temperatures that we could be seeing um, in Florida when we get a a strong frontal system to come through with with, uh, polar high pressure back behind it. So it's uh, not, you know, unusual uh, for this to happen. A warming trend will start today with high temperatures back up around 70 on Sunday and close to 80 on Monday. Unless the Senate approves a temporary spending bill today, the government will lose the ability to spend money at midnight. The House has already approved a spending bill to keep the federal government open for four more weeks. But in the Senate, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says Democrats are holding things up by demanding action to protect young illegal immigrants from deportation. They're prepared to shut down the government over the issue of illegal immigration. However, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer says they also want money to fight opioid addiction and to help veterans. And on all of these important issues, all of them, this resolution kicks the can down the road. Republicans in the Senate need support from between 9 and 13 Democrats to get the temporary plan approved. In Washington, Joel Nato, Fox News. A judge will decide just how graphic the upcoming trial in Orlando of the widow of the Pulse nightclub gunman will be. Prosecutors say videos taken after the shooting are necessary to show the carnage for which Nora Salmon and Omar Mateen are responsible. Salmon's lawyers contend the videos have nothing to do with their clients since she wasn't in the club that night. Florida's attorney general is urging drug companies that manufacture oxycodone and other forms of so-called hillbilly heroin to pay for the damage they've done. More than 200 lawsuits have been filed against the companies, and Pam Bondi says her office will be taking part in a settlement hearing before a federal judge in Cleveland at the end of the month. Am I optimistic we're going to resolve it that day? No. And if we're not, we're prepared to go to litigation. We will be hiring outside counsel. We're considering retaining outside counsel. Um, So we will be ready to litigate if we have to. Bondi accuses drug manufacturers and distributors of helping to create the opioid crisis and says their behavior over the past 20 years has been outrageous. A huge comeback by the Magic fell short at Cleveland last night. Isaiah Thomas had to sink two free throws with 11 seconds left to give the Cavaliers a 104-103 victory after they blew a 23-point second-half lead over Orlando. The Magic have lost 17 of their last 19 games. Well, well, the way this season is going, maybe close does count for the Magic. (laughs) In horseshoes and the Magic, yes. Mm. WFLA News time is 6.35. I'm Alan Spector, News Radio 102.5 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Thanks, Alan. And yes, we roll on at 635 by bringing in Gina Cervetti live every morning from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City with the Bloomberg Business Report. And good morning to you, Gina. Good morning, bud. You've been checking out the futures on the market after reviewing what happened on Wall Street yesterday. What can you share with us this morning, Gina? Well, the stock futures point to gains at the open on Wall Street as investors await an update on consumer sentiment for January. And, of course, keeping their eye on Washington, D.C. with that temporary government funding 
running out at midnight. So yesterday we did see stocks pulling back a bit from the all-time highs that we saw the day before. We had weakness in real estate, energy producers, and household product makers. The Dow was down 98 points, or about four-tenths percent, to 26,018. The S&P 500 lost four and a half points, or about two-tenths, closing at 27.98. And the Nasdaq slipped two points to 72.96. Uh, the Bloomberg Orlando index was down about one half of one percent. Gina, I heard you a second ago a reference of weakness in uh, the real estate sector. Um, apparently, home building has slowed a bit in the last month, but there are still bright spots there. What can you tell us? Yeah, overall housing starts declined in December by a greater than expected 8%, but permits to build one-family homes advanced at the strongest rate since mid-2007. That's a good sign, and it indicates uh, that other job sectors might see some growth here. Construction typically provides more of a boost to the economy in terms of demand for everything from labor to building materials and home furnishings. All right, you know, breakfast, um, very, very popular. A lot of folks like to go out, and McDonald's has really done a terrific job with their, you know, their McMuffins and all the other offerings. Apparently, Panera plans to compete with them, and they've got a strategy to do it involving runny yolks. What is this about? <laughs> the plan to ignite growth at Panera in the morning is an egg sandwich cooked to order with an over-easy egg. Now, this is an attempt to challenge McDonald's, who dominates the morning hours with the Egg McMuffin. Right. Panera is also attacking other rivals here, including Starbucks and Taco Bell, for what it says is serving eggs prepared with artificial additives. Panera emphasizes that its new breakfast sandwiches are made with freshly cracked eggs. McDonald's also uses freshly cracked eggs. And as you may know, both Panera and McDonald's have been improving their food quality as of late. Runny yolks, that thing's going to be all over the place, Gina. you got to have mess. toast. Huh? You have to have some extra bread on hand for that. Soak it up. You're absolutely right. I'm sure they'll figure it out. <laughs> and now, if you're just tired of bare-bones conditions when you're flying, maybe you want to take an international flight on United mm -hmm. Continental. What are they up to? That carrier is set to debut an upgraded economy section with bigger seats and free liquor on some international flights. Now, this does follow some similar moves by U.S. rivals. United will introduce what it's calling Premium Plus later this year. A memo sent to United workers said the new section will have additional perks, including upgraded dining on fine dinnerware and Saks Fifth Avenue blankets and pillows. Very, very interesting. We'll watch that unfold and always... Terrific when you join us here with the very latest from the business world from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City, Gina Cervetti. Have a wonderful weekend, Gina. Thank you. Thank you. You too. All right. Good deal. I've got some thoughts on Orlando's displaced Puerto Rican evacuees from the hurricanes. A lot of these folks are in really tough shape now, and I'm going to sound a little hard-hearted perhaps to you when I pose the question, how much and for how long are we supposed to support them here in Central Florida. Let's talk about this in just a moment, and we will right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I want to talk to you about the plight of the uh, hurricane evacuees from Puerto Rico, so many of whom have come here to Central Florida when they fled the island in the wake of um, the devastating hit they took almost four months to the day ago from Hurricane Maria. The island was in bad shape with its infrastructure beforehand and its electrical grid, and the storm was horrendous. 
No question about it. Folks in Puerto Rico are U.S. citizens. They can move anywhere they want to. They're not immigrants, okay? That said, we have a situation here in Central Florida where a lot of folks are complaining that um, we're not doing enough to support the hurricane evacuees who have come here in the wake of Hurricane Maria because at the time, at least four months ago, uh, where they lived was just uninhabitable. So they came here. Some came to be with families already here with the growing Puerto Rican population in Central Florida, around the Orlando area in particular. Others just came here. They didn't have any support system. They didn't know anybody. And they came here with the expectation that somehow they would be provided for. They would be supported. And now we have a situation with nearly 2,000 folks from Puerto Rico who have come to Central Florida, nearly half who have come into the United States uh, fleeing from Maria, but almost half have come right here to Central Florida because there is a growing and already existing Puerto Rican community. We have a situation where these FEMA benefits from this program known as the Temporary Shelter Assistance Program, it's TSA, not to be confused with the airport security folks, okay, but they do call it TSA, that the benefits are running out. Initially, there you could get a hotel voucher and you could stay at a local low-end hotel uh, on the federal government. But it's running out. There's been an extension, but it doesn't cover everybody. FEMA's only extending this now for folks who can prove that they don't have a livable situation yet back in Puerto Rico still recovering from the ravages of Hurricane Maria. But for those who do have a livable situation, particularly those around the big city of Puerto Rico, or of San Juan, rather, you know, they can go back home. But they're staying here under these federal assistance programs like the FEMA TSA one, and there are other local organizations that are doing all they can to support them, but there's a lot of complaining going on that somehow we are heartless and we're not providing for our fellow man and our fellow American citizens And how can we leave people with no viable options here? Well, we didn't make them come here. You know, I I think my feeling is we've done a lot. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But the question is, how much and for how long are we supposed to support people here who fled their homeland under tough conditions but of their own volition? Was the expectation that somehow they would be on public insistence and welfare in perpetuity here? At some point, they need to provide for themselves and they need, or they need to go back home to an island that is gradually getting rehabilitated, it seems to me. Are we supposed to be on the hook locally, at the federal level, at the state level, as long as hurricane evacuees from Puerto Rico choose to stay here? I don't think so. Do I sound cold-hearted when I say that? I think we've done a lot. It's four months since the storm. What do you think? 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. So a lot of these hurricane evacuees who came to Central Florida in the wake of Hurricane Maria in September, almost four months ago to the day... Their FEMA benefits, their federal assistance benefits are running out. 
or they don't qualify for an extension because where they live back in Puerto Rico is in good enough shape that it is reasonable to think that they could go back and continue to live there as they did before. How long are we supposed to prop up our fellow citizens from Puerto Rico here in Central Florida? And through, you know, through a social safety net and welfare programs, et cetera, continue to support them before they do one of two things. They either figure out how to make things work on their own here and get a job, et cetera, or they go back home where they lived and continue with their lives. Or they can go to somewhere else in the country. It just seems to me there has to be an end to this. Just as there has to be an end, even though the circumstances are not fully analogous, to a situation where we take in folks from Haiti after the devastating earthquake, which was now eight years ago, 2010, and the folks from El Salvador from two killer quakes in 2001, now 17 years ago. There's all hue and cry in Washington about Trump being heartless, and he's saying it's time for these people to go home. It was never intended that we would allow them to stay here forever. I don't think it was intended with the folks from Puerto Rico on the wake of the storm four months ago that they would be able to get government assistance and benefits of all kinds to be able to live in Central Florida without providing at some point for themselves or going back to Puerto Rico. And that's where I stand. Another heartless conservative at the microphone. Go ahead, Yaffe. What do you think? Um, no, I think you make a good point. It needs an end date. You know, after Katrina in New Orleans, a lot of people left New Orleans. And if they left for good, you know, they had to get a job where they moved to. So if you're going to stay here, you need to find a way to take care of yourself. Yeah. That being said, um, I think it's going to be hard to say that to anyone because so much of that island is still without power. So I just think that there. Well, a lot of the a lot no of these, politicians going to stop giving them benefits I'm right now. I'm quite sure a lot of these folks live in and in, came from in and around San Juan. Okay, by far the biggest population center there, and that's yeah. what they're saying to some of them. You can't get an extension on your FEMA benefits because th- that right. that part of the island is in good enough shape for you to go home and live, and we're not going to continue to support you. And yeah. I think that's the right call. I, as I do cruel too. and heartless as we're being told by some that it is. I do too. And you know, you're saying you can go home. We're not. I mean, they're American citizens. They can live here if they want sure they can but they'd need to be able to provide for themselves but, at some point but not on the dole at all levels is the right. point there's got to be exactly. an end gate to that stephanie you know what i'm talking about here yeah does that make sense to you yeah it does what are the textures saying yeah yeah stephanie's been nodding her head yes the whole time <laughs> you've been you've been saying it so um the textures uh some of them agree with you bud they they say um basically what you say that there needs to be a work requirement other people say this Say, before we call out Puerto Ricans who are American citizens, how about we send all the illegals out of this country that are on federal welfare? Oh, I'm all over that. But we're not talking about that. But yes, I'm all over that. And if you listen to the show regularly, you would know that to be true. Yeah, another person said, uh, Bud, the citizens of Puerto Rico can't go home until after they vote Democrat in the midterms. Oh, yes, that's right. That's (laughs) right. Got to have an extension at least into November. Yep. Okay. 
Alan Spector bringing us the news on Fridays now, and it's another freezing morning here in Central Florida. Congress scrambling to keep the government running. We're all over that story all morning long. And right after the news, stay tuned for our latest keyword in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Get the word texted immediately to 200-200. What can happen then? You can win $1,000. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio on a Friday. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. From all of us on the 50,000-watt front porch, we're glad you're with us at 6. Good morning, Orlando. Friday morning on the 50,000-watt front porch. Glad you're with us here at 7 o'clock for our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top stories this morning, Central Florida under a freeze warning. And time is running out in Washington. We'll have details coming up in one minute. One year of Trump. How would you grade our president's performance? Let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. 702 on News Radio 1025. All of North Florida and the Panhandle is under a hard freeze warning this morning. Central Florida is under a freeze warning, including Orange, Seminole, Lake, and Volusia counties until 8 a.m. Things will start to warm up with highs today in the lower 60s, then around 70 tomorrow and Sunday, and close to 80 on Monday. That's when Bud and I are going to the beach. Oh, yeah. The news. Sounds good. <laughs> or maybe not. The news is brought to you by <laughs> Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. We ain't going to the water, I guarantee you that. The standoff continues in Washington. The House has passed a spending bill designed to avoid a government shutdown, but... It's unclear if it can win approval in the Senate. House lawmakers passed a stopgap government funding measure 230 to 197. The path forward in the Senate does not look promising. Republicans are already blaming Senate Democrats, calling it the Schumer shutdown for Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer. The CR prepared by the Speaker is not an honest attempt to govern. As typical of this Republican majority... It was done with zero, zero negotiations with Democrats. The government is due to run out of money just before midnight on Friday night. On Capitol Hill, Mike Emanuel, Fox News. The flu is spreading across the country and spreading faster than usual here in central Florida. The Orlando Sentinel reports that Florida hospitals' Centra Care locations in Orlando diagnosed more than 1,100 flu cases just during the first week of January and CentraCare says that beats all previous records for flu severity. A bill to protect gays and lesbians from discrimination in the workplace has plenty of support in the state legislature, but it still can't get a hearing. Nearly 40% of Florida's lawmakers have signed on as co-sponsors of the Competitive Workforce Act, but Orlando Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith says the House Speaker won't allow a hearing, let alone a vote. At least 12 Republican House members have co-sponsored this bill. That sends a really clear message to Speaker Corcoran that this bill needs to be heard, that his own members and his party would like to see a dialogue and would like to see this bill move forward. The bill also has the support of major employers like Disney, Darden, Marriott, and CSX. They say it will improve Florida's image in the corporate world. In California, the couple accused of torturing their 13 children pleads not guilty. David and Louise Turpin appeared handcuffed in court, pleading not guilty to 38 counts. David Turpin faces an additional count of lewd act on a child. Attorney David Majors representing Mr. Turpin and was asked about the number of charges. Well, it's going to be a challenge. But he reminded that his client is presumed innocent. Before the court hearing, Riverside County DA Mike Hestron detailed some of the abuse the children went through, being chained up sometimes for weeks or months as a punishment. The victims were 
often not released from their chains to go to the, to the bathroom. They were so malnourished, they appeared much younger than their ages. The oldest is 29. Hestron says the parents would bring home food and leave pies on the counter, but wouldn't let the kids eat. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. Sometimes our criminal justice system just makes me crazy. What are we saying? Not guilty? Kids chained themselves up? Did this all to themselves? We knew nothing? Mom and dad? Give me a break. Exactly. Jeez. The launch of a military communication satellite from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station was scrubbed by a technical issue last night and rescheduled for tonight. United Launch Alliance says the window for liftoff of an Atlas V rocket opens at 748 and the weather forecast is 90% go. WFLA news time is 7.06. In a viral Facebook post, a mom says she makes her five-year-old daughter pay rent. It's a little harsh. Well, <laughs> if, you, if you go to W1025WFLA.com uh, and read the story, it comes out much better than it sounds right there. Okay. The second, take my word for it, the second hour of, I checked it out beforehand. All right. I pre-read these things for the listeners just really? to make sure I'm okay. not passing along something they don't want to see. The second <laughs> hour of Good Morning Orlando, you're welcome. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States the office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability, and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. Trump has been president now one full year. How is he doing? I'll give you my grade. ABCDF is what I'm looking for in 30 seconds of commentary on why you grade him as you do. Love him or loathe him, everybody's got an opinion on the most controversial president, perhaps, in the history of the United States. And I'm going to tell you why. I give the president such a high grade. But I want to know how you would grade the president. A, B, C, D, F, and 30 seconds or less on Y. 407-916-5400 or text us at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Stay tuned in just a second for our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. New keyword coming up. Text it right away to 200-200. You could win $1,000. We'll have an update as well on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in only two minutes. So stick around on News Radio 1025 WFLA. There's a poll on Trump's first year in office. Nearly 2,000 registered voters surveyed across the country. Uh, this is a morning consult Politico survey. And um, it shows that um, the president either gets an A or a B for his first year performance by 35% of those surveyed. 35% also give him an F. Everybody else is in the middle. Uh, it's highly partisan, as you would expect in our divided nation. In this poll, 62% of Republicans surveyed give the president an A or a B. 
Only 6% give him an F. Among the Democrats, 64% give Trump an F. Only 8% give him either an A or a B. I give him an A-. minus. A for performance, for doing exactly what we elected him to do. More on that in a moment. It's the style points that bother me. It's the it's the 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 the, the petty sidelines uh, and, and, and that that he takes to get he gets off the rails on on the big issues. I don't like it when he's petty. I don't like it when he's nasty and profane. So what would have been an A is an A minus. That's the best grade I would have given any president since Ronald Reagan. Um, Steph. No minus for you. Trump all the way, tough as nails. You love him that way. Yep, 100%. A? Yep. Yaffe, you dock him even more than I do. Yeah, I'd give him a B. Not a B plus, just a B. And Mm. mostly for the same reasons you do. I I think he shoots himself in the foot too much. He accomplishes great things and then shoots himself in the foot. (laughs) Let's go to the phones on Trump. One year in, here's Tim in Orlando. You got your red pencil out. What kind of grade does this president get and why, Tim? I give him an A because unlike that Democrat terrorist pig Obama, he's helping America instead of hurting it. And he's just the kind of president you hoped and believed he would be. Yes, he is because he's done everything that he said, unlike the other one. Thank you for that. Appreciate it, Tim. How do you grade the president? 407-916-5400. Texas to 23680, knowing that standard message and data rates apply there. Here is John in Orlando on line two. Go ahead, John. (laughs) But I give, I give him an A+. Plus. That man has done something that a lot of the presidents have not been able to do uh, for quite some time now. And with all, the, with all the hatred and vitriol that this man faces, he's doing it. He's accomplishing it. I give him an A+. Plus. He's a strong leader, and I like that. God bless him. Thank you, John, very much. Text line on fire, Yaffe. What are the folks saying? Yes, bud. One person says, Trump rocks but need to remove some of the distractions, so A-, minus, just like you said. Another person says F, nothing good. Another person says uh, A+, plus. he has done more for the American people than Obama ever did. I hope he keeps it up. Bob in Longwood grading the president. Good morning and welcome aboard, Bob. Yeah, thank you. I give him an F because he didn't lock up Hillary and he didn't go after Obama for treason. He should be hung. Oh, gee whiz. I hadn't thought of it from that vantage point. Very, very interesting. In a moment, my commentary on one year of Trump the wrecking ball. Remember, I gave him an A-. Okay? Stay tuned, and if you want to weigh in and grade the president, A, B, C, D, F, and Y, less than 30 seconds apiece, I'd appreciate hearing from you. We'll do it again in the 8 o'clock hour. Text line open to 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. You know what? My fellow Trump voters, please hear this. We didn't like the way things were going in Washington. We didn't like the lousy economy and the lack of good jobs. We didn't like the U.S. getting pushed around in the world. We didn't like seeing radical Islamic terrorism raging unchecked. We didn't like our military and our veterans getting second-class treatment. We didn't like illegal aliens pouring into our country and being harbored in sanctuary cities. We didn't like seeing police disrespected and branded as the bad guys. We didn't like the tyranny of the minority where every fringe group with an agenda and an axe to grind could roll over the majority like a tank. We didn't like all these things, and so we elected a wrecking ball, which is exactly what Donald Trump promised to be and exactly what he has been and will continue to be. A wrecking ball is used to knock 
things down to make way for something better in their place. A wrecking ball isn't always precise. Sometimes it makes a mess. Sometimes it misses the mark a bit. Sometimes it swings wildly and does unintended damage. But a wrecking ball works. It does the job it was brought in to do. We elected a wrecking ball named Donald Trump, and one year into his presidency, by God, he is doing the job we elected him to. President's also tweeting this morning about the looming government shutdown. This just in from the White House. Government funding bill passed last night in the House of Representatives. Now Democrats are needed to visit to pass the Senate, but they want illegal immigration and weak borders. Shutdown coming? Question mark. We need more Republican victories in 2018. That said, let's get up to date on all the drama in Washington now as we bring in News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Sharon Reed. Sharon, good morning, and briefly tell us what the latest is on Capitol Hill. Well, good morning. You've got 16 and a half hours until the midnight deadline. That's when the government partially shuts down unless the Congress can come to an agreement. The House agreed yet last night after some arm twisting with the Freedom Caucus members to pass that four-week continuing resolution that funds the government till February 16th. Um, the caucus got to promise that the conservative, a much more conservative immigration bill would be voted on in the House, and, and, and so will votes on increasing defense spending. Now it's in the Senate's hands. Senate's due back at work at 11 a.m. this morning. Um, they're going to need 60 votes, and that's what the president's referring to a little bit in that tweet. They need 60 votes to end debate and then 60 votes to move the bill forward. Um, the question is whether Democrats will um, go across the lines and, and join the Republicans in extending the funding for another four weeks without that DACA solution that they've been pushing for. You've also got a couple of um, a handful of uh, Republican senators who've indicated they're not on board with a, another, a fourth short term spending bill since October. Um, Rand Paul, Lindsey Graham, Mike Rounds of South Dakota. Mike Lee may be on board with that. And of course, John McCain is still in Arizona getting treatment for cancer. So right. That that adds to the, the the drama, really, about whether there is enough votes to move this measure forward. Well, listen, before you go, Sharon, a lot of folks panic because we're all so dependent on the government in modern America. When we're talking about a government shutdown, I mean, it's just a partial shutdown. Right. You know, right. And, and, and folks need to know that it isn't like the end of their world if this happens. Not, no, it's, it's agencies like Education, Interior, Health and Human Services. And in fact, the Interior Department reportedly is looking at ways of trying to keep national parks open. Um, they've been closed in, in past shutdowns. Um, instead, they're going to try to keep them open. But staffers, non-essential staffers would have to stay home. And, and those are significant numbers, hundreds of thousands of federal workers across the country that would be furloughed and not paid. And active military Duty would be on duty and still work. They just might not be getting paid right away either. Yeah, they might be delayed in that regard. We'll watch all the drama unfold. I want to thank you for getting us up to date, right to the minute. News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Sharon Reed. As always, a pleasure to have you with us on Good Morning Orlando. Thanks. Have a good weekend. Good deal. You as well. If you're enjoying our show here on um, Good Morning Orlando on the 50,000 watt front porch, you could enjoy it even more and customize your radio listening experience by downloading the completely redesigned, phenomenal, and absolutely free iHeartRadio app and tap into the more than 800 of our other iHeartRadio stations. We are the biggest radio corporation in the world, and, uh, and, and you can get exactly what you want, when you want it, out of every talk and music format on the planet. Download now the amazing free iHeartRadio app. 
Friday's Alan Spector brings us the news, and he's got more on a welcome warming trend that is about to kick in. And uh, as we've been saying, and he has more on this, still no deal to keep the U.S. government fully open for business. It's all coming up. It's Good Morning Orlando. Halftime here on a Friday for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Good morning to you at 729. Alan Spector bringing us the news on Fridays here as the new year dawns. And uh, you keep on talking about this warming trend, but I had frost on the car again this morning. What's the deal? Well, be patient, bud. Now, Central Florida, including Orange, Seminole, Lake, and Volusia counties, is under a freeze warning for another 27 minutes. Then you'll be free to go about your business. A hard freeze warning is in effect for all of North Florida and the Panhandle. Frost advisories are out for areas south of here. Now, it may seem like it's been much colder than normal this month, but National Weather Service forecaster Rodney Wynn says it's really not that unusual. I wouldn't categorize it as uh, unusually cold. Um, I mean, it is wintertime now, so we do see these temperatures. It's just that over the past several winters, um, we haven't seen a lot of cold, so that's what you know, brings to the to the front to a lot of people that it's unusually cold. A warm-up is on the way, bud, with high temperatures back up around 70 on Sunday and near 80 on Monday. But until the freeze, warning lifts everybody back under the covers. Please. <laughs> in Washington, the House has passed a spending bill to avoid a government shutdown, but there's no deal in the Senate. Shortly after the Senate received a House-passed spending bill that cast aside a government shutdown for another four weeks, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell tried to call for an immediate vote. Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer objected, asking instead for a shorter deal of only a few days. Republican leaders objected to that. It leaves in doubt the path forward before a shutdown is triggered tonight. Democrats are hoping to secure DACA protections for young immigrants brought to the U.S. illegally as children, a program Republicans point out won't expire in until March and should not be a part of a government funding debate. Jared Halpern, Fox News. A man convicted of murdering his wife and two children in Deltona in 2013 will be sentenced today to life in prison, but he believes he'd live longer on death row. Former gang member Louis Toledo told a judge he'll be targeted in prison for killing children as well as testifying against another gang member in a separate case. I think he's got a point there, Alan. I think it's going to be a rough go for him there. Well, maybe... <laughs> Too bad. Yeah. A, a committee in the state, what can I say? Yeah, me too. A committee in the state legislature has approved a resolution declaring pornography a public health risk in Florida. The sponsor, Hillsborough County Representative Ross Spano, says he has firsthand experience with that problem. Pornography can have a detrimental effect on families. We know that's the case in many instances from our own personal experience. Um, I have three boys. They're older now, but my family has struggled with this issue. Spano, a Republican who's running for state attorney general, says he doesn't know what the state should do about pornography, but he says the first thing is to acknowledge the problem. The NBA is suspending Magic guard Aaron Aflalo two games for throwing a punch at Minnesota forward Nemanja Bjelica on Wednesday. The two were ejected in the second quarter after Aflalo threw a punch at Bjelica, who then put Aflalo in a headlock. Aflalo set out last night's one-point loss at Cleveland and will also miss Sunday's game in Boston. I can't believe how well you pronounce that other guy's name. I was worried about that. I would not have gone near that. You want to take one more shot at that? I was worried about that through the whole newscast (laughs) because I knew Nemanja Bjelica was coming up. (laughs) You are amazing, Alan. Elsewhere, bud, House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi is going to be on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. 
Pelosi says she'll appear as a guest judge on the popular reality show. The California Democrat said on Twitter Thursday that she had a fabulous time taping the episode. A spokesman for Pelosi says the congresswoman is a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars and a fan of the larger message of pride in who you are. Mm -hmm. And uh, one more for you. I I teased this earlier as uh, a story that's on our website. Uh, A Canada man's Facebook post is going viral this week. The Quebec machinist set out to play a trick on snowplow operators and wound up tricking local police instead when he replicated a car entirely out of snow. Simon Laprise created a life-sized model of the Back to the Future movie's famous DeLorean DMC-12 just outside his Montreal home. It looked so believable to at least one officer that the cops stopped to give it a ticket for being in a snow removal zone. (laughs) Puzzled by where the snow model was located, the officer called for backup, but they soon discovered it was a snow sculpture. The 33-year-old sculptor did get a ticket, but it was fake and read, You made our night. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> what I'm told is that he, to make it look authentic, he had a windshield wiper that yeah. he put in place just so it looked like the rest of the car was under there, and, it, and that's exactly what they would conclude, and they did. And it's amazing, and you can uh, see the photo of it yeah. on our website at 1025wfla.com. Good stuff, Alan. Thank you so much. Alan Spector with the news, and he'll be back whenever it breaks, top of the hour as well. And by the way, you're now a little less than half an hour away from your next chance to win 1000 bucks in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. We'll bring you a new keyword of the hour right after Alan's 8 o'clock newscast, and then you text that word to 200-200. Somebody's going to win a grand, and you can win the $1,000. We've been giving away Monster Jam tickets on our Sound Judgment game, which, by the way, we're going to be playing for Monster Jam tickets In our next hour, we are going to be talking Monster Jam because the big event comes up in Orlando this weekend. And uh, Ryan Anderson, the grave digger, is with us in just a moment live on the 50,000-watt front porch. And we'll also update, of course, Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in only two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Here on the 50,000-watt front porch, we have been for years huge fans of Monster Jam. We love the show they put on when they come to town. We love the big trucks. We love good, clean, all-American family fun. And Monster Jam defines that. And so does our special guest here in the studio now, the driver of Max D, who will be behind the wheel at Monster Jam, Tom Mentz. Good morning to you. Man, you got me so fired up with that introduction. I'm just, it's going to be epic. I'm so excited to be back in Orlando Camping World Stadium. It doesn't get any better than that. For years, it was the Citrus Bowl, you know, and nothing's changed. They rebuilt the place. Camping World Stadium, Saturday night. Max D's in the house. Awesome, awesome event here for Central Florida and awesome Monster Jam fans. Absolutely terrific. Now, it's tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. But tomorrow, it's a big day in advance of the actual event. Let's talk about what's been going on at Camping World Stadium all day long. Huge pit party. That's a chance for all the Monster Jam fans to come out, get up close with their favorite trucks and drivers, get autographs, get pictures, you know, kick the tire, make sure the truck is worthy. You know, that's the cool part about it. It's all about family fun. Families come from all over this area. They come to Monster Jam. It's epic to see them show up. And we got more than a dozen of these trucks are going to be vying for the championship, right? 14 of the best Monster Jam trucks in the business. Can't wait to get out there. 
Show them who the boss is. Hey, tell us about your truck, Max D, and what it's like to drive it. Man, it's awesome. It's a dream job for me ever since I was a 10-year-old kid. Always wanted to drive a Monster Jam truck. I took that dream. I rode it all the way to the top. That's been super exciting for me. You know, five and a half foot tall, BKT tires, 1,500 horsepower. The thing can jump 40 foot in the air, no problem, Woo! and then continue on with its run. You know, we got the best parts ever in it. Man, it just goes out there and it'll do an epic performance with big air. Now, we've been giving away tickets on our Daily Sound Judgment game, and we're doing that again in the next hour. Um, but if, if folks can't win on our Sound Judgment game, they can still get into Monster Jam, right? Plenty of great seats are still available. You know, it's going to fill up fast for sure. The weather is going to be perfect, so things are going to turn for sure. You know, Monster Jam's in town, and we're bringing the heat. Okay, and you can get your tickets at master, Ticketmaster.com, right, Ticketmaster.com? Sounds perfect. You know, get there, get a great seat. Man, there isn't a bad seat at all in Campy World Stadium, especially when you're watching Monster Jam trucks. Well, yeah, and the thing I love about this is it is it is uh, priced right, okay? It's affordable for families, and it's good, clean fun, and you can bring your kids or your grandkids of any age and know that there won't be any nasty surprise. It's just as clean-cut and all-American and wholesome as any event could be, Monster Jam. We're all about families. We're all about kids. Kids love it. You know, some of our greatest fans are kids that are 85 years old. (laughs) Terrific. Have a great Monster Jam, Tom Mintz. Thanks for coming by. Super excited to be back. It's been two years for me since I'm here. Yeah. I can't wait to get out there and give them an epic performance. Well, welcome aboard. Great to have you in the studio. Get your Monster Jam tickets for tomorrow night and all day tomorrow at Camping World Stadium at Ticketmaster.com. Safe travels, Tom. Thank you. All right. Good deal. In a moment, the Rush Morning Update. Yaffe, I like what I see in the control room. He's got a life-size cutout of the President Trump here as we wrap up his first year as our Yeah, he's president. giving us a thumbs up. He, he is. He likes the job we're doing today. He likes the show, like the Monster <laughs> Jam segment. Rush was great, okay, talking about the Trump tax cut and Apple bringing all the money back and other corporations doing the same. Yeah, he says the third hour is going to be huge. Huge. No <laughs> doubt about it. It will be. Because I'm going to give you results of a new poll that is out on how Americans grade this president one year in office, okay? The most controversial president in the history of the country. I'm going to tell you, I think he's doing on balance a whale of a job. I give him an A-. minus. What grade do you give him? A, B, C, D, F. And I'll give you 30 seconds on the phone or less to explain why. Love him or loathe him, how do you grade him as we hit the one-year mark for the Trump presidency, 407-916-5400. And our text line always open at 23680 if you want to join us that way, knowing that standard message and data rates apply. In the meantime, Alan Spector bringing us the news now on Fridays. And uh, he'll be talking more about the looming government shutdown for tonight. And Amazon has said yes to Miami, but no to Orlando. All the news is coming right up, and right after that, listen for the new keyword of the hour on our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Text it to 200-200, and you could win $1,000. If you want to get in early with your grade for President Trump's first year, you better call now because the lines are going to be jammed. 407-916-5400. 
text line 23680. Standard message data rates apply there, as I'm always supposed to say. Good morning, Orlando, from the Front Gate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. So glad you're with us on the 50,000-watt front porch at 759. Good morning, Orlando. Glad to have you with us here on a Friday at the top of the 8 o'clock hour for our updated Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top stories this morning, the government heads for a shutdown as the president plans a weekend in Florida. By the way, I'm also planning a weekend in Florida. Yes, aren't we all? Details coming up in one minute. And how do you grade the president's performance one year into the Trump presidency? You're next on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio 1025. Still no deal in Washington, and chances are high there could be a government shutdown tonight. Republicans and Democrats are pointing fingers as the federal government gets ready to turn into a pumpkin at midnight. House Speaker Paul Ryan. The only people standing in the way of keeping the government open are Senate Democrats. House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi. I don't want to shut down. I want the dreamers protected, but I don't want any shutdown. Senate Democrats are threatening to filibuster a House-passed spending bill that includes money for the military and the Children's Health Insurance Program, but does not include protections for children brought to America illegally. A filibuster means there's a 60-vote threshold in the Senate, and Republicans only have 51 seats. In Washington, Rachel Sutherland, Fox News. Despite the possibility of a government shutdown, President Trump plans on spending the weekend at his Mar-a-Lago resort in Palm Beach, where he'll be hosting a big party to celebrate the one-year anniversary of his inauguration. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The University of Central Florida will continue to allow students displaced by Hurricane Maria to qualify for in-state tuition. The UCF Board of Trustees voted yesterday to extend the tuition reduction through the spring 2019 semester for students from Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Amazon has narrowed the list of candidates for its second North American headquarters to 20. The only Florida city on the list is Miami, as Amazon rejected Orlando, Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg, and the Manatee, Sarasota area. Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi says her lawyers will be in Cleveland at the end of the month for a federal court hearing over the opioid crisis. More than 200 lawsuits have been filed against drug manufacturers and distributors, and Bondi claims the pill pushers put profit above public health. It's outrageous what's been happening in this country, as you well know. And it's about time they all step up to the plate and and admit what they've been doing, and we are not going to back down. Florida hasn't actually sued any of those drug companies yet, but Bondi says they'll be ready to file if there's no settlement at the end of the month. Starved, chained, and only allowed to take a shower once a year. That's the picture prosecutors are painting of the lives of the 13 children of David and Louise Turpin in Southern California. The only thing they were allowed to do was write in journals. Investigators seizing hundreds of them, calling it key evidence of what occurred inside the home. The children lacking a basic knowledge of life, many not even knowing what a police officer was. The 17-year-old daughter who escaped had been working on a plan with her siblings for two years and took another sibling with her. But that sibling got scared and turned back. The Turpins now each held on $13 million bond. That's Fox's Anita Vogel. The Turpins have pleaded not guilty to all charges. On what basis we cannot imagine, right, Alan? Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I, this is, at one point when I was growing up, I wanted to be a lawyer. I could never do what lawyers are required to do. How can, how can you possibly 
defend this. Anyway, we will see how it unfolds. The weather forecast is 90% go for a launch tonight from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station. United Launch Alliance will send a military communications satellite into orbit aboard an Atlas V rocket. The launch window opens at 7.48 p.m. The launch was scheduled for last night but was postponed by a technical issue. WFLA news time is 8.07. Wells Fargo glitch clears out customers' bank accounts. That story online now at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States. The office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability. And will, to the best of my ability. Preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. One year ago tomorrow, since we're not doing a show on Saturday, today is our Trump first anniversary show. I'm going to give you the grade I've assigned to the president here. And um, Stephanie will weigh in, and Yaffe as well. But we want to know how you grade the president. A, B, C, D, F, just like in school. And so we can get as many calls as possible in here in hour number three. Keep it to 30 seconds or less when you call 407-916-5400. Please do that. Text line open at 23680. You can, like, you know, write pages there if you want to. Yaffe, you'll have to sort it out. Standard message and data rates apply on our text line. Okay? And, um... Also, my commentary on Trump the Wrecking Ball. If you haven't heard it, you'll be hearing it shortly. But really, we want to hear from you on our Trump anniversary show. We'll dive in on that right after we have our new keyword of the day revealed in just seconds on our Make Your Wallet Great Again contest. And this is our texting contest. Listen for that new keyword, then text it immediately to 200-200. You could win $1,000. All of this and an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes. I mean, what more could you ask here on News Radio 1025 WFLA? We're grading Trump one year into his presidency. I've been thinking a lot about this. I give him an A minus. And here is my commentary for my fellow Trump voters. We didn't like the way things were going in Washington. We didn't like the lousy economy and the lack of good jobs. We didn't like the U.S. getting pushed around in the world. We didn't like seeing radical Islamic terrorism raging unchecked. We didn't like our military and our veterans getting second-class treatment. We didn't like illegal aliens pouring into our country and being harbored in sanctuary cities. We didn't like seeing police disrespected and branded as the bad guys. We didn't like the tyranny of the minority where every fringe group with an agenda and an axe to grind could roll over the majority like a tank. We didn't like all these things, and so we elected a wrecking ball, which is exactly what Donald Trump promised to be and exactly what he has been and will continue to be. A wrecking ball is used to knock things down to make way for something better in their place. A wrecking ball isn't always precise, 
Sometimes it makes a mess. Sometimes it misses the mark a bit. Sometimes it swings wildly and does unintended damage. But a wrecking ball works. It does the job it was brought in to do. We elected a wrecking ball named Donald Trump, and one year into his presidency, he is doing the job we elected him to do. And in my opinion, the republic is better for it. Now, how do you grade the president? Line one, Steve. Good morning from Palm Coast. Good morning. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you doing, buddy? Doing fantastic. Fantastic. How do you grade him? A plus. Why? I think he has done some amazing things, as he claimed he would. The judicial appointments, uh, tax reform, individual mandate repeal. I mean, he has really stepped up to the plate, and he is the people's president. I mean, I know there's a lot of naysayers, but I am very much impressed. I can feel the optimism in the business world, the financial world. So, I mean, it's... Uh, all right. It's a long time coming. Fantastic. So once again, the grade for Trump. A plus. Got it. Thank you, Steve, very much. Not everyone would agree. Ray, good morning. From Oviedo, grade the president. Good morning. Hi, Ray. Hi. Hi. Yeah, how do you grade yeah, I him? The, how, I him an F. Why? Um, I agree with you about him being a wrecking ball. However, uh, you said when a wrecking ball hits, uh, it does good. I think he's a wrecking ball that always misses. Oh, okay. Fair enough. By the way, the only thing I, I dock him for, give him an A minus instead of an A, is you know some of this personal stuff, this petty stuff, this nasty stuff, this unpresidential stuff, and the stuff that distracts from, from the main issues and the agenda that he could push more effectively. Yaffe, your grade for the president one year in is what? Uh, B. Straight B. Mostly for the same reasons you said. He shoots himself in the foot with some of the distractions. His accomplishments, though, are better than I expected. And I know Stephanie, who's screening calls fast and furious right now, has given the Trumpster an A. All right? She loves him. Uh, and he she, loves gave, him. she gave him an A+. Plus. Yeah, there you go. What's coming into the text line? Uh, yeah, lots of different takes, bud. One person said this. I really like this. He said, great for Trump. Should be a B-. minus." But considering the class of the last 30 years, we should grade on a bell curve. <laughs> so for that, he gets an A+. Plus. All right. You got to love that. We'll get back <laughs> to the text line and the phones in a moment. This is our last hour to do this. One year in, grade the president, A, B, C, D, F, and Y. 30 seconds or less on the phones, please. The lines are jammed. And we'll get with you here in just a moment. Your chance to grade the president, A, B, C, D, F, for his first year. And Wendell, good morning from Orlando. Go ahead, Wendell. Hey, good morning, bud. How's everything going? Fantastic and great to have you with us. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, A-plus with a gold star. Uh, when he was uh, planning his presidency, he promised the American citizens that he was going to do good for them. He got that ball rolling. Uh, just like a snowball, it's going to get larger for the American citizens. Just like a the wrecking next... ball, as I put it a few moments ago? In a good well, way, a wrecking ball. Knock down yeah. what's bad to build something good. Yeah, well, that's coming. Um, I yeah. see in the next year, which is as is important, I clean out uh, swamps in central Florida. I uh, uh. use heavy equipment to do that. No, you're and a then... swamp drainer? I'm a swamp drainer wow. in the real world. <laughs> and, and... 
Trump is going to do the same thing, and uh, that's phase two. And he's going to make America great again, no doubt about it. I love it. They need you in Washington, Wendell, but we're glad we've got you right here. Out to the coast. Good morning, Steve. You're in Melbourne. You're on with a Bud Man. Great president. Good morning, Bud. Yeah, Wendell, fantastic. A+. plus. A plus, and just like Wendell said, this is just the beginning of the destruction of socialism. That's what the Democrat Party is. It's not JFK. They are socialist, open borders, high taxes, welfare state, on power for power, plain and simple. And he's a fighter. And the corrupt press, a little doughboy, Brian Skelter, little deliverance boy, the morning schmo, we have had it with them. Yeah, you're talking about the guys on cable on CNN and MSNBC. To the text line, Yaffe, thanks for a great call, by the way. Yeah, here's a good text, bud. It says, I have to give him an A plus because of how giddy I feel every day when I wake up and know that he's leading my country. He's the first president that I can remember who actually represents me and my interests and my 401k has never looked better. That's true for everybody, I think, right now with the way stock prices are going. Joe's in Titusville, though, a lot tougher on Trump than some of the others. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, bud. Okay. On, on character, I give him an F. On getting things through legislation, I give him a D. We still don't have a budget year after year. They don't pass budgets. And I know he's only been in power one year, and he... They don't have the budget done. Also, on the military, they still haven't given the military a decent raise, 4 to 5%. These people are putting their lives on the line. And after 20 years as an E6, you're still only making $46,000, $47,000. Has the president uh, done anything good? Uh, well, it, the tax return is, is still a... Uh, all right, I gotta let you go. I think I know where you stand. Thank you, Olton. Good morning. You're on with the Bud Man from Orlando. Grade Trump. Uh, hey, Bud, how you doing? Yeah, good, man. How are you? So, so listen, I, I gotta give him a high B to a low A. I mean, I'm looking at the Dow. The Dow is over twenty six thousand. I have never seen the support for Israel. Uh, certainly, over the last eight years, uh, we we've turned our back. I mean, the government has turned their back on our ally in the Middle East. Look at what we've done with, with Bibi Netanyahu. I look at what we're doing against ISIS right now. Look at this tax thing that's happened. Thank you. I appreciate that. Strong support for the president there. And more coming up with a half an hour to go from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Fridays, we have Alan Spector bringing us the news, and he's got more on Congress scrambling to keep the government running. And this warming trend we're all waiting for He insists it is on the way. Sure didn't feel like it when I got out this morning. Stay tuned. We continue here till 9 o'clock on Good Morning Orlando, and we are glad you're with us at 829. Good morning, Orlando. The bottom of the 8 o'clock hour here on a Friday. We're going to get you up to date on what's going on in Washington. No deal yet, right, Alan? It is crunch time for Congress, bud, as the federal government gets closer to a budget shutdown tonight. Democrats in the Senate are calling for a short extension of a few days to come up with a deal on how to protect young immigrants from deportation. Some conservatives want a long-term spending plan to help stabilize the military. 
No matter what happens, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham tells Fox News the American people don't like the process. The public hates the way we do business. Count me in. This chaos is going to end. I'm willing to keep the government open days, not weeks, to get a deal that we should have got a year ago. President Trump tweeted this morning that Democrats are needed if the spending plan is to pass in the Senate, but they want illegal immigration and weak borders. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Central Florida started out the day under a freeze warning that has now expired. And it seems like we've encountered a lot of cold days this month, but forecaster Rodney Wynn of the National Weather Service says... These are typical, you know, every few weeks um, temperatures that we could be seeing um, in Florida when we get a a strong frontal system to come through with with, uh, polar high pressure back behind it. So it's uh, not, you know, unusual uh, for this to happen. A warming trend will start today with high temperatures back up around 70 on Sunday and back up around 80 on Monday. A judge will decide how graphic the upcoming trial of the widow of the Pulse nightclub gunman will be. Prosecutors say videos taken after the shooting are necessary to show the carnage for which Nora Salman and Omar Mateen are responsible. Salman's lawyers contend the videos have nothing to do with their clients since she was not in the club that night. A dozen Republicans have joined with Democrats in the Florida legislature to support a bill banning discrimination against gays and lesbians in the workplace. One of them is Orlando Representative Renee Placencia, who says equality is not a partisan issue. Because it is truly a, a bipartisan effort. It's long overdue. We need to get it done. I'm proud to be a member of a body that understands that and that fights for everyone's equal rights. Nearly 40% of lawmakers in the Florida legislature have signed on as co-sponsors of the anti-discrimination bill, but it's stalled because they have not been able to get a hearing in committee. A huge comeback by the Magic fell short at Cleveland last night. Isaiah Thomas had to sink two free throws with 11 seconds left to give the Cavaliers a 104-103 victory after they blew a 23-point second-half lead over Orlando. The Magic have lost 17 of their last 19 games. Elsewhere, bud, the Eagles and a Mexican hotel are agreeing to settle a trademark dispute over the name Hotel California. This would not be the Philadelphia Eagles. No. This would be the band, the Eagles. Yes, the uh, Don Henley, Glenn Frey. Yeah. uh, The band was suing a hotel in Baja, California that had the same name as its classic 70s song, A joint dismissal of the Eagles lawsuit was filed this week in Los Angeles. At the same time, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office accepted the hotel's request to permanently abandon its trademark application. It seems to me that if you have a hotel located in the state of California, you ought to be able to call it Hotel California, don't you think? Not not if you're the Eagles. I guess not. (laughs) What else is going on? They are known to litigate. I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? They don't give away anything. Much less, much less the title of a song. They're, They're not going to give you the whole song either. I actually went online to find a little Hotel California to play as part of this story, yeah. and you can't find the actual song by the Eagles because they don't give anything away. No kidding. Yeah. They're litigious. They are. And uh, one more music story for you. Yeah. As a high school student in Southern California, Brian Wilson, the musical genius behind The Beach Boys, got an F when he turned in his song Surfin' to his music teacher as a school assignment. The bad grade did not phase Wilson, likely, because he's earned millions of dollars from the song. Right. Now, why Wilson's teacher handed him an F will likely never be known. Decades later, Hawthorne High School is changing the Beach Boys grade. Hawthorne High School principal Dr. Vanessa Landisfeind 
saw fit to revise Wilson's academic history in giving him an A for surfing 58 years after his original grade was issued. Amazing. Really cool. Really ties in with everybody grading the president one year in this morning. And we're going to continue with that uh, the rest of the hour here. But we got the sound judgment come game coming up right now. You're a busy man. I am. I don't know how we do this. How but do you gonna, handle it? Well, we're going to do it for another 20 minutes, and then we're going to stop doing it all weekend and <laughs> kick back and reload. Uh, Alan, thank you. Sure. Alan Spector with the news every Friday now. Deb's got a Friday gig on our sister station in the afternoon on the new uh, Jim Colbert show, and uh, so she does that. We still have her Monday through Friday, and it's great to have a pro and a friend like Alan Spector bringing us the news every Friday, and he's got other duties he's doing down the hallway when he's much too good for us the rest of the week. Janitorial. <laughs> I think not. Anyway, tell you what, um, let me very quickly take one more call before we clear the decks for sound judgment calls and play the game. Lars from Hawthorne quickly grade President Trump for his first year. All right, bud, you already know I'm an A+. I'm an A-plus for Donald Trump, and there's a reason why they call him the Teflon Donald. Nothing they throw at him is going to stick. But two things specifically. One is he is exposing those people in the swamp that have been hidden for decades, and they're all coming out with the affliction of TDS. You know what that is already. And the other thing is I'm finally proud to have a president who's not afraid to say what everybody else in the room is thinking. And uh, with that, I'm leaving it to you. Thank you very much. There it is. A-plus for President Trump. We're clearing the decks, Lars. Thank you. Now, if you haven't won Sound Judgment, we're playing for Monster Jam tickets. The big show with the big trucks. Take your kids, your grandkids. You'll love it. It's this weekend at Camping World Stadium. We're giving away free tickets on Monster Jam. You're eligible if you haven't won our game in a month. 407-916-5400. Coveted Monster Jam tickets can be yours. 407-916-5400. If you're on the 50,000-watt front porch and you win our game, Sound Judgment is next. Then back to grading Trump on his first year. All of this plus Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, I will update for you in two minutes. Stick around on News Radio 1025 WFLA. All right, we're ready to go with our daily Sound Judgment game. 407-916-5400 is the number. The contestants are ready. Let's talk about that fantastic prize we're giving away today, Steph. That's right. So today we have an awesome pair of tickets to Monster Jam this Saturday, January 20th, 2018 at Camping World Stadium. Monster Jam is fun for the whole family and features some of the most recognizable trucks in the world, including Grave Digger, Max D, Monster Mutt, and more. Tickets start at $15. Visit 1025WFLA.com. Keyword events for more info. We had fun with one of the Monster Jam truck drivers on the show in our 7 o'clock hour, and we're really pleased to be able to make our final set of Monster Jam tickets available to our winner of Sound Judgment. So here we go. The theme of the morning. One year ago tomorrow, President Trump was inaugurated, and he heard Hail to the Chief played in his honor for the first time. For today's Sound Judgment game, now we're going to play Hail to the Chief with the seldom heard lyrics, but don't panic. You're not going to have to know the words to win. It turns out Hail to the Chief became the official song of tribute to our presidents at about the time Donald Trump was born. Listen, then use your sound judgment to tell me who was our president when President Trump was born. Hail to the chief, we've been chosen for the nation. Hail to the chief, we've been 
there you go. If you know a little American history in the 20th century and you know how old Trump is, you're going to be able to answer the question. Who was the president when Trump was born? And Hail to the Chief then became the official song of tribute to all presidents. Line one, go ahead. Teddy Roosevelt. No, no, no. How old do you think Trump is? What would he be? What would he be, like 110 or something? No, 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 no. Open line, 407-916-5400. Let's see if we can find a winner on line two. Go ahead, line two. William Henry Harrison. No, no, no. Get serious. We got Monster Jam tickets. There are so many people out there who'd love to win these tickets, and you're screwing around with the game. Line three, you're up next. Who was the president when Trump was born? Truman. Yes. (laughs) President 71. It's his birthday back in the, you know, like 1946, I guess, and, uh, and, and Truman was the president. And that is the year that Hail to the Chief officially became the song of tribute to all presidents, although it had been around a lot longer than that. What's your name? And congratulations, by the way. Pat from Mineola. Hey, Pat, great to have you with us. You're going to Monster Jam. Uh, it's this weekend, so uh, we want to make sure that you get filled in on how to get those tickets. Stay tuned, my friend. I'm going to put you off air with Steph, okay? Thank you very much. Good deal, and welcome aboard, and congratulations. Good job. Oh, by the way, while I'm thinking of it, something you've never heard before in radio because it's never been done before in local radio, this afternoon, tune in to WFLA from 3 until 6 for the first ever installation of Moira's Mixed Company. The first show from 3 until 6 features Moira from 1041 and the Phillips file. But she's not talking politics. We're going to let her on her with her politics. But she's talking about all kinds of exciting non-political things that people talk about all the time when they're in mixed company. Okay? Or not in mixed company. Anyway, Moira has a take on it all, and it's a live audience from 3 until 6 today. Join Moira for Moira's Mixed Company, and you'll be part of a pioneering effort, a bold programming stroke never before attempted anywhere right here for you on WFLA. The first Moira's Mixed Company, 3 until 6 this afternoon, here on WFLA 1025 FM AM 5. In a moment, I'll give you one more shot at grading the president one year in. We're asking you, how do you assess the Trump presidency? A, B, C, D, F, and in 30 seconds or less, tell us why. And on the text line, you can wax poetic all you want. Join us there at 23680, knowing that standard message and data rates apply. So we're diving in on that, and stay tuned right after the news coming up at 9 o'clock. Um, you're going to have another chance to make your wallet great again with a texting contest, new keyword, and text it to 200-200. You could win 1000 bucks. It's all ahead along with our last look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for the morning in two minutes for you here on News Radio 1025 WFL. We all give high grades to President Trump for his first year. Steph gives him an A, I give him an A-. minus. Uh, Yaffe gives him a B. We've had a lot of high grades, some low grades. Uh, A lot of incoming on the phone lines, and you still got some texters who need to be heard. Uh, Yaffe, what do you see there on the text line right now? Uh, Yes, and this is uh, what one person said, very interesting. He says, I'm a never-Trumper, and I didn't vote for him, of course, but I give Trump a B, above average. He's doing better than I expected, 
but still needs improvement. Some other people like your analogy, bud, that he is a wrecking ball and agree with you that he deserves an A-. And you might think, if you haven't heard my commentary, which Yaffe is posted on my blog on the website, 1025WFLA.com, keyword Budman, That's right? That's right. Yeah. When I say wrecking ball, it's not a bad thing. You use a wrecking ball to knock down something you don't want to build up and replace it with something better, okay? Sometimes the wrecking ball misses its mark and swings wildly and makes a mess. Pretty good analogy, I think, on the Trump presidency first year. So um, there we go. It's been a hot topic. The uh, anniversary of the inauguration is tomorrow. Um, the president is going to be down at, uh, at Mar-a-Lago and uh, having a big celebration down there. And as far as the, uh, the government shutdown is concerned, that still looms. We'll follow it all day here on WFLA. And on Sunday, we got the two big games in the NFL that will determine who squares off in the Super Bowl. Destiny, bud. Matt, you're telling me this, that the Jags, and I like the Jags. They're a great story. They're a Florida story, Jacksonville Jaguars. They're playing my Patriots, the defending Super Bowl champs. I'm a big Patriots Tom Brady fan. You're telling me, though, that it is destiny on what basis? UCF destiny, bud. UCF was destined to go undefeated this year. Yeah. Who's the Jags quarterback? Mm. Blake Bortles, possibly one of the best or the second best quarterback ever to play for UCF. Oh, boy. He's having a great year as well. It's just there's something in the air that's helping UCF. Yeah. It's destiny. Whatever is in the air, there ain't enough of it, pal, okay? I'm looking for the Patriots to uh, pull away late in that game, go back to the Super Bowl and defend their title. It is true that Tom Brady does like to deflate things. Well, apparently he has some kind of a hand injury. You know, the guys in the sports uh, office told me he has a strained cuticle. (laughs) So don't worry, he'll be okay. And and then we have the Eagles and the Vikings, and we'll see how that all plays out. It's going to be exciting. I'm sure we'll be talking about it on Monday morning. Uh, I'll be here if the Patriots win. That'll do it for this day and this week on the 50,000-watt front porch. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Have a great weekend. Catch you Monday morning. From all of us, the Bud Man here, thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.